I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to So I Got to Thinking, your weekly podcast where we take the iconic questions of notable madwoman Carrie Bradshaw and ask if they're still relevant for the 21st century. We are joined by Dylan B. Jones. Hello. And this week we have a very special guest in the form of Natasha Devon, MBE, no less, <gasps> who is a noted sexified mental health advocate, broadcaster, author. Have I missed anything out, Natasha? Oh, presenter? So much. Yeah, I I once said to my dad that I have a portfolio career and he said I sounded like a twat, so I don't say that anymore. (laughs) But I think you covered everything. Multi-hyphen. We're all multi-hyphen Multi-hyphen. Multi-faceted. Many strings to our thongs. Indeed. <laughs> and also, painful. importantly yeah. for today, Natasha, you are a Sex and the City super fan. I am. I'm, I know, you, you know that bit in Pride and Prejudice where she said, um, when Mr. Darcy proposes the first time, and she says, I believe in circumstances such as these, the established mode is to express a sense of obligation. Uh, like, I believe in circumstances such as these, I'm meant to be cool, but actually I'm super excited because I've listened to you since... <gasps> Day one of the Aww. podcast. Do you know I've been a fan of yours since I, I think about three years ago. I saw you at the Mind Awards, and uh, you basically stood up and said, "It's all very well slapping loose women on the back for occasionally having a celebrity with anxiety on, but if you want to help the mental health of a nation, uh, report on trans issues more responsibly." And I thought this woman is incredible. And Dylan, I, um, I'm not familiar with your work, but I'm sure it's fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very excited to be here. If you like hot men in slightly fetishy underwear. Do I have a magazine? I'm your, yeah, I'm your guy. No, and actually, the feeling is quite mutual because if you're not following Natasha on Twitter, your Twitter handle is at underscore Natasha Devon. Oh, who has the not underscore one? A Natasha who lives in Devon and she's a... <laughs> oh my right. God, no, amazing. Get... Already amazing. <laughs> it gets worse, it gets worse. She's a massive UKIP supporter. She loves Nigel Farage. <laughs> if you come across her, that is not me. Oh my get God. Get her off Twitter. Come on. Oh yeah, so when we had Candace Carty-Williams on, she started the tradition of doing the classic... Sex and the City conversation thing. Mm. Which character are you from Sex and the City? <laughs> okay. I, I think I am um, uh, mostly Miranda. Right. But I've got a little bit of Charlotte in me. I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not like just prudish or prissy. Just but a finger just of a, Charlotte. Just a finger. Yeah, but you know how she's a bit of a girly swat and everything must be done right? Uh-huh. 
I definitely have elements of that to well, my we've, character. Well, we've actually been realising, particularly in more recent episodes, that Charlotte is a lot more of a deeper character than she first mm. appears. Um, yeah. And she will only get deeper. Yeah. But I'm going to finish my thought about Twitter. Yeah. Because if you're not... <laughs> sorry, that was when I was playing with a spot on my arm. It's very glamorous yesterday. Um, um, Natasha has been one of the most outspoken and committed trans allies I think and I've got her on board to do my new book as well out this autumn Um, (laughs) because there was a period and we're going back maybe two or three years where it wasn't particularly the cool or done thing to speak up on behalf of trans people. People have started doing it now. Mm. And I think there were people from within the community speaking out. But you were one of the very first people who really kind of threw yourself in to that. And you've had a lot of shit on social media from the crazies. (laughs) Um, And and so I can, to be fair, I fully understand why some people choose not to get into it because people can be insane. But um, you've been amazing. Thank you so much. thank you for coming in today. Mm. It's funny because, I mean, we, we are sat here I, this week I've brought everybody a mermaid cookie from Starbucks. Quite right. And I think it's really encouraging. I know it's pinkwashing and there'll be conversations around that. But I think it's really encouraging to see a brand as high street as mm. Starbucks actually throwing its considerable weight behind a trans youth yeah, charity. Yeah, because they don't have to. Of course not. They could yeah. have chosen anything. Yeah. And, and that would be really helpful for mermaids as well because there's a lot of... Yeah. Um, uh, misinformation about what it is they actually do um, mm-hmm. at, on really mainstream sites like Mums Net and places like that. So to have a big brand behind them, I think, gives them the credibility they deserve, actually. Absolutely. So I know some people have been a bit snarky, but I'm delighted. Mm. And and it has, I'm seeing more and more, I'm seeing sort of cisgender celebrities coming forward and especially American ones speaking yeah. out, which is a great thing. And this is, and, and it needs to be like big, I think a lot of the problem at the moment is like big brands, a lot of activists and public figures are being very brave, mm. but big brands and business owners and business runners need to do more, which Starbucks is doing. Anyway. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> we're, not, we're not here today to talk about mermaids or trans rights, but <laughs> in fact, Dylan, which episode are we up to? The Freak Show. <gasps> yes. I think one of the best episodes of all time. And so. it's so good. And Natasha, you specifically requested this episode. I yeah. did. Why? Because I really like the journey that Carrie goes on yeah. throughout the episode. Um, so I think I'm right in saying I'm the only person in this room that dates or has dated women. Mm. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, so it, it, I hear this from. I think about that. Why <laughs> yeah. did I have Same, to think I was about like, it? Mm. You both did think about it for a, a long time. Um, so I, I've heard this conversation from straight women a lot, where they're like, "Oh, uh, you know, with single men, there's always this huge reason why they're single, but single women are all incredible and amazing." Like Miranda says, "You know, we're just choosy." Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in fact, when you. Um, Uh, when you date women, you realize that there are certain aspects of a person's character that really only come out in that specific dynamic when you're dating them. Some people make incredible friends and terrible partners. (laughs) And that's the kind of realization that Carrie comes to at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So let's begin with our little potted synopsis. So this week, um, we we do have the question, which is surely one of the best questions they ever asked, which is, are all men freaks? (laughs) But this comes about because all of the cast, at some point, um, go on dates with men whose behaviour could be described as, I guess, surprising. Eccentric. In some way. So we have Samantha who goes out with a Wall Street trader who yeah. has a tiny little den of iniquity in a cupboard. <laughs> so I watched 
I watched this episode this morning before coming in and I was just, I just spent the whole time doing like, you know, the gif of that guy blinking. Like, <laughs> the, for the whole of that scene, that was me because it was just so much. Like the right. dialogue was so much when he's like, I think you should know my specialty is sexual harassment. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, well, so his man is just like, and then there's the bondage covered and it's like, what is happening? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. the most surprising thing, of course, about that scene is that he's playing right said Fred dur- yes. during sex. I've, I've noted that in my notes. I think it's my, wait, Let's check. Literally my first note. Yes. Right, right said Fred. Fred. Who has that as their sexy tune? <laughs> I imagine Right said Fred might. I mean, <laughs> well, what did people listen to for sexy music before Drake? I mean, it's it's a difficult oh, God, one. Drake. I mean, music during sex. Do we? Oh. I like I like a bit of the weekend. The, the weekend. weekend. Oh yeah. Or Lana. If we're if we're doing Netflix and chill, a single man to put on in the background is the perfect film like for Netflix and chill. Is that the Colin Firth one? The to- directed by Tom, For- Tom yes, Ford. Yes, that's yeah. really opulent. Yeah. Um, Can but- you only arrive when Julianne Moore arrives? <laughs> <laughs> that is when it- and in fact I've never seen I still to this day have never seen the whole of that movie. So You can't be expected to last 90 <laughs> minutes, Dylan. You're only human. Um, something that annoyed me about this scene was Samantha being like, oh, why? Like, she'd be fine with him doing bondage, surely. Yeah. yeah. That was my thought because she. there have been other instances throughout the series um, where she <laughs> has been into that. So I think she's just pissed off that he's insinuated that she might be over 40. Yeah. Yes. And that, that really is the arc of that scene. And yet, for some reason, it's presented as though she's turned off by the den of iniquity. I mean, imagine, yeah. although this is a world before Fifty Shades of Grey, isn't it, where mm. I think we all relaxed a little bit about S&M. Then we have Mr. Pussy, <laughs> who yes. is so well cast. I mean, I they love... must have auditioned a million guys. And the guy they've got, I wish I'd looked at Mr. Pussy now. In mm. fact, talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to Google who played Mr. Pussy. <laughs> uh, where is he now? Where is this Mr. Is Pussy what, now? We should have got him to speak as like, <laughs> as to sit in that chair as well. Does he actually say anything throughout the episode? I don't think he does, does he? Oh he my says, God, relax. That... But this is a very 90s thing, isn't it? Where it became the fashionable thing for women to say that oral sex was the most important part of the whole process. Right. And I I think uh, we've all agreed now that that's not necessarily true. I mean, it's not, it's lovely and everything, but it's not. But the be all and end all. It's not a substitute for, you know, the main event. Okay. in In my opinion. Okay. But there, yeah, there was this period of time where all anybody could talk about was was oral. Mm. Do you remember that? No. Are you too young? You're <laughs> really old. Do you think it was to do with like guys becoming more ready to admit that they did it? Yeah. Do you know, I um I dated this guy once who um he was like semi obsessed with with it and it was because he uh had jamaican heritage and there's a real taboo around it there so it kind of felt extra naughty oh i see for him yeah and i think maybe there's an element of that in british society where it's not like we talk about blowjobs all all day long but you know oral sex on a woman has been a bit there's been a bit of stigma hasn't there i can't really and still to this day i can't really imagine um like a bunch of lads being like oh yeah i licked her out last night and it was like (laughs) yeah oh i know some guys are really into it though one one of my very good friends it's her husband's favorite thing um i wonder if it's because it 
again, I think you're right. It didn't even occur to me that this is really the first time mm. in, well, two seasons of Sex and the City that it really came up mm. and is presented as, well, I suppose with Mr. Pussy, it's not that he likes going down on women. It's that he likes doing it a lot right. and almost exclusively and Charlotte Charlotte makes the terrible sin of she kind of bogards Mr. Pussy I love the um, scene where they're all in the toilets and that woman bursts out <laughs> the cubicle and she's you like must he be is talking unbelievable <laughs> so good the actor's um, name is Charlie Schroeder oh is Ooh. Mr. Pussy um, he, what else has he been in let's find out come on IMDB <laughs> Come through. I would love it if he like only played the same role in everything. Typecast. Yeah, as like uh, someone who loves eating out, <laughs> eating people out. Okay, he has been in eight things. Most recently, The Last Act, Strange Fruit. He was in one Strange episode Fruit. of Strange Fruit. Figs. Figs. <laughs> There's a theme. He was in an episode of Ed, a film called Never Again. So not, not a lot, it has to be said. Um... <laughs> In in a, in a film called Black Male, which is spelt like black male, I see. Um, he played fur salesman. <laughs> so we've got Strange Fruit, okay. fur salesman, and of course Mr. Pussy. A very versatile, very versatile actor. <laughs> Carrie goes on, and what I like about this one is that to say we're now what fifteen episodes in, yeah. Um, it felt different, mm. like the opening shot where they're like the people came to Ellis Island, and it's all black and white. Yeah. And then the the roll up, roll up bits come and marvel at the rich man who steals cheap paperbacks for no reason. And there's this whole carnival kind of theme running throughout. Yeah. That I thought was fresh and different. I'm not sure I would compare dating to immigrants arriving at Ellis Island. Um, that's one of Carrie's. <laughs> there's some really tenuous comparisons. Just a bit. <laughs> yeah. early series, aren't there? Yeah. Um, what was the other one where she was like, it's like the war in Northern Ireland? Oh it's not. It was never like, no. That was the worst one so far, so I think. So far. But <laughs> dating on a Saturday night is not like the hurtful immigrants arriving at Ellis Island. <laughs> this is a transition series though, isn't it? Because in the first series, you had those sort of Vox Poppy mm-hmm. type yeah. bits, didn't you? And yeah. and then this, where she's going on that's those series of blind dates and they're, they're just really snappy. Mm. That feels similar. And then they completely lose that by the third series don't they and it becomes more like a traditional that's really that's really true and it makes me wonder I think there is another one of these kind of formats in this series like three different sort of examples of Mm. like things yeah I know what you mean I I noted down some examples of similar Mm. experiences that I've had with men but firstly what about you guys I did go on a date once with somebody who was quite similar to the man with two faces. Um, He, uh, so he invited me to, do you know the smallest pub in London? It's near Embankment Station. Mm, Down in the, is it Cellars or something? Yeah. It's in there. Do not go there if you have anxiety. (laughs) It's like claustrophobia. The ceiling is so low. I remember. Um, So I was already sort of a bit tense and on edge, but um, he he seemed perfectly normal. Um, And then, I, they always do. They always, always do. I, perfectly normal. He kept up that pretense for you know about forty minutes, mm. and then I had to go to the loo. And then as I was on my way back from the loo, this guy who was at the bar asked me if I had the time, and I was just looking at my watch. And then suddenly, this guy I was on a date with was up behind me, and he <gasps> went, "No, she doesn't have the time, and she's with me." Oh, first date. First date. <laughs> I mean, weird boyfriend behavior, wow. but first date that was. Yeah. But he must have been so embarrassed, though, when he realized what was actually happening. 
But that's still very strange behaviour. Yeah. He didn't get a second date. <laughs> no. no. You'll be relieved to hear. And I have been on a date with a man with no soul. And I'm not going to name names, but he works in television. <laughs> of uh, course. And in fact, I Ooh. need to be very careful. So he worked on sort of, you know, those less than moral reality shows mm. where you would usually send a bunch of people to some sort of closed location and then there were secret cameras everywhere. And then, like, their parents or partners were there watching their behaviour and stuff. One of those types of shows. And I watched an episode because he was working on it. And I, I was, I said, that feels a little worrying because they're very young people. Do they really know what they're getting themselves into? You know, you're kind of like making them look like real fools Mm. on television. And he was like, I'm making damn fine television. (laughs) And I was like... (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like you touched a nerve, though. Like, he knows he wasn't making damn fine television. Mm. And that was the issue. So I've got, I've actually got a few... But I won't go on too long. No, please do. I want to know all the weird days. So one is a guy who lived near me on Grinder a while ago. And he would always pop up, pop up in the morning before work. And he looked great. Um, and the chat was good. Um, and then he was like, um, do you get the train? To-? And we were chatting away and like getting on well. And he was like, do you get the train into work? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I think we should get the train together one day. And I was like okay and he was like i just really love the vibrations of the train it really turns me on (laughs) which i don't want to shame people who are turned on by vibrations but that was quite eccentric um and then the other one was um a guy who i knew a while ago who we were trying to arrange to hook up um and he was like oh i am available in central london why don't we just go to some public toilets and we can meet in there again fine mm-hmm. don't want to shame him for that but it's not something that i'm into so i was like oh no sorry i just prefer like a bed and a, a, a room um and he Roof, was and he was like walls. and he was like i just want to get You're off so demanding in, yeah right <laughs> but in response to that he was like i just want to get off i'm not asking for your life story and i was like <laughs> Have I just been gaslit for not wanting to have sex in a public toilet? Wow. Um, yeah. So wow. This is an observation. I know that this is a cliche, but um, I was listening to a radio phone in the other day about her dick pics. Right. And, <laughs> As you um, do. Yeah. And how many um, women on straight dating sites have been set, sent unsolicited dick pics. Yeah. And then a lot of gay men were calling in going, oh, well, that's kind of par for the course on on things like Grindr because you want to sort of try before you buy type thing. But there is this sort of arriving at things like specific kinks and fetishes and preferences faster. Like a, a friend of mine was uh, on Grinder, and within maybe six or seven messages had found out that this guy wanted him to poo in his mouth. Right. And I'm like, that. that's something that you would find out maybe six months down the line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good thing in a yeah, way. It's oh better to gosh, know. You know yeah. Up front, yeah. yeah, true. That's interesting. I've heard quite a few stories about that same, I think it might be a growing fetish, which is interesting. I, there was a guy, <laughs> so back in, this is, actually, no, because actually does it, this leads really into my next point. There was a guy, one guy, and strangely, we saw him on the street in Brighton a couple of days ago. There was, there's been one guy in my past and it was interesting because we dated for a little while, not long, but then he did sort of come forward and say, I would really like to watch you poop or if you want, you can poop on me. And I couldn't 
then I was just like, no. And it slightly felt like four weeks of dating had been a bit of yeah. a waste of time because yeah. I was right. never going to be Mrs. Poop. So, <laughs> um, I mean, it's one thing to be Mr. Pussy, but never Mrs. Poop. And um, But my my thing is, do we think this episode was a bit fetish shamey? Yes. It yeah. was a bit, I think. Yeah. And also, I mean, the word freak, what is that now? What does that mean? Mm. Uh, obviously wasn't then and I completely understand that it was fine then um, but the way that we talk about things is a lot more considered now mm. um, and calling someone a freak I don't know I see a freak as this sounds a bit glib but I see that as a positive well, thing well freak like me by the sugar babies yeah well <laughs> you know, there you go <laughs> want to go right. freaky with you <laughs> you're right as well the, the Samantha thing feels shoehorned in because the, yeah. the whole of her arc in this episode is about her fears around ageing yeah. uh, but because the, the theme is are all men freaks it's like oh, we have to give Samantha something and it just doesn't fit with what we know about her and her sex life and her open mindedness does yeah. it but it was and it was so right when you said earlier things have changed so much and I forgot actually around how people see bondage and S&M and stuff mm -hmm. um, back then much like being gay or being trans uh, like S&M and bondage was a bit of a punchline it's also it's a community that's really generally speaking really really into consent yeah so I, I just don't buy that he would get himself ready in the <laughs> cupboard while she was in that's the loo that's a good point yeah that's and then a good she point. left him there Someone will find it. Maybe he's dead. Maybe he died in his cedar-lined den of iniquity. But then, so let's let's get to the A plot, which is our lovely Carrie. In fact, actually, let's not. Let's take a break while we yeah. have a word from our sponsors. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to <laughs> So I Got to Thinking. This season, we are being sponsored by our very kind friends at Brighton Gin. And each week, I'm going to be suggesting a delicious gin recipe that can be perfected by Brighton Gin. Um, this week... We've got one called the French 75, and it's good for those of us who enjoy both champagne and gin, and who doesn't. (laughs) So what we're going to do is you are going to take some lemon juice, some sugar syrup, and some gin. You're going to put them in a cocktail shaker and fill it up with ice. Shake well and then strain into a champagne flute. Top with just a little bit of champagne. Leave to settle as it will bubble up. And then add a little more champagne. Swirl gently with a stirrer. And then garnish with a zest of lemon. That's a French 75 perfected by Bride and Gin. Lovely. Thanks. So let's get to <laughs> let's get to the plot. So, um, so what I, another thing that I love about this episode is, you know, when Sam bumps into Monica and says, you look well. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I had fat taken out of my ass. And now it's in my face. <laughs> I, the world would be so much better if everybody was like that. Because yes. I'm like, I, you yeah. know, I do a lot of stuff around body positivity and body image. Yeah. And my thing has always been, look, it's your body. Yeah. You own it. Do whatever you like with it. But I do think that people have a, almost like a responsibility to be honest, mm. um, particularly if they're in the public eye. Like you remember when Posh tried to pretend she hadn't had breast implants <laughs> oh, for a long, her, very yeah. long time. And we're like, we have eyes that can do <laughs> Um, but but also, you know, this whole, oh, it's because of my vegan diet or, or what, it, and it's just bullshit and it makes people feel bad. And I just love that it's it, it's in an environment where she's like, yeah, it's fat from my ass. I just, I really appreciated that bit. Because that's another thing that's really moved on. I think now cosmetic surgery has become way faster, way mm. more affordable and way more accessible to mere mortals. So the idea that Samantha would so at the end of this episode, Samantha goes to a cosmetic surgeon and she gets marked up for a bunch of... So she has her ass injected mm. into her face and then she gets measured up for other options and she has a total breakdown because she's worried she looks like a clown. But nowadays, it really... I mean, and good God, later on, she has a freshening chemical peel. Mm. So, um, oh, yeah. And her yeah. Botox. So clearly, Sam is not above a bit of a nip-tuck. But I, th- I think, again, it's a real sign of the times that in 2000, when this episode came out, it would have been really unusual mm. for a woman probably to access cosmetic surgery unless she was really, really phenomenally wealthy. Mm. So whereas now, yeah, I mean, it would have been, you, it would be fu- fully expected that they were all I would uh, have thought, having bits done. I'm not particularly surprised when, and it happens quite often, when mm. my friends get little nips and tucks. I liked it as well. Uh, oh, I mean, come on. I, <laughs> sit, I sit here before you. Just, just not naming fully... any names. Um, <laughs> Don't want to cast aspersions, but you know. Um, I liked it as well when Sam, in turn, was very open with... Mm with the others when they were chatting and she was just like really matter of fact and then Miranda being annoying like shamed like was sort of like oh you don't need to get blah 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 blah." Mm. um yeah but you know they do upsell you stuff because back when I I used to have a column in Cosmo for a few years and I used to investigate things um and then I it's a long story but in 2016 I had quite a high profile falling out with the UK government and it sort of blew my cover but um up (laughs) up until that point I was kind of going undercover like it happens to the best like a proper journalist <laughs> and um, what I investigated plastic surgery once and um, I went in f- saying that I wanted one thing just to see what uh, the procedure was yeah. like and then when I was in there they told me I had a fat flank 
I don't even know what that is. Neither did I. I woke up that morning not aware I had a flank. It's the bit. <laughs> it's the bit between your bum and your back. It's like your love handle, but round the oh, back. Okay. Yeah, and they they offered me. They gave me a buy one get one free offer. <laughs> They said they'd liposuction the fat out of my flank for free if I booked myself in for a tummy tuck that day. Wow. I know. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, in this episode, Samantha says, what else can you do? Mm. Which kind of, But I, it, it's more realistic for me that he would have just gone, have you thought about this, this and this? You yeah, know? that's true. I got I must admit my chin was done as part of the bargain. A so package. It, when, when I went in to get my forehead done, they were like, well, we're not going to do the forehead without the chin because that would just, you'll look insane. So, um, <laughs> and he was right. He was right. I must, I must admit, actually, I will, I will say this. I think um, use a cosmetic surgeon that you trust. Mm. I mean, Chris Inglefield from London Trans Clinic has changed my life. You know, he has improved Amazing. my life. But similarly, I know girls, trans girls, who've gone to clinics overseas who've had some really scary experiences. It must be tough to um, to weed out the, you know, to, to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's word of mouth. And build, building trust, spend, t- yeah. spend time with them. You know, right. they're going to be, you're entrusting your body to these men when you're yeah. under anaesthetic. So yeah. I say men, some women are surgeons as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I, do, I don't think now Samantha would feel especially freaky about getting cosmetic surgery. I feel like, aside from the openness thing, which you're right, was, was great, I feel like uh, Samantha's storyline in this episode was a bit... Yeah. Well, I mean, she she had more to do than Miranda. Yeah, Miranda wasn't in it. No, Miranda had a week off. (laughs) How did she have sex with a Calvin Klein model whilst wearing a girdle? (laughs) It has a hole for peeing. I was also also like, and this does happen occasionally in Sex and the City. There was a time in season one where Carrie Carrie went out for drinks three times in one day. And then, then, like, in this episode, I was like, when? Like, was this, have we skipped forward a week? Or, like, have I missed it? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Well, Carrie was dating Ben. Lovely Ben. Oh, yeah. Yes. Who is really hot and... Yeah, we like that. This episode slightly ruined my life for, I would say, most of the noughties because (laughs) I... That's quite a... Are you all right to talk about it? I'm ready now. I'm ready. It's fine. I'm I'm engaged. It's fine. Um, (laughs) Because I believed learning... So I would have seen this episode when I was 19 originally. I thought that men come up to you in the park Mm. and give you their number (laughs) and they are handsome and gorgeous and funny and and you you will go on a date with them. And so that's why I was single for much of the noughties. Because I was sat on a fountain. (laughs) I spent 10 years sat on the rim of a fountain. Was it that one um, by Brighton Pavilion? Yeah, (laughs) just with the the fish. And, you know, just street drinkers asked me for money. And that that was it. Uh, I'm imagining you in a a sort of 50s full skirt and and heels. Just waiting. Just never on (laughs) Tinder, never on Grindr, just waiting. I think it perhaps does happen in America. Mm. Yeah. They talk to each other there, don't they? That's true, actually. It's weird. In this country, we do not. But there's a very specific New York attitude where it's sort of incredibly friendly and incredibly rude at the same time. Like last time I was there, I was eating an ice cream, stood stood on a street corner uh, waiting for someone to come out of a shop. And this guy came up to me and he was like, where'd you get your ice cream? 
And I was like, oh, from down there. And he went, is it good? <laughs> and I was almost like, do, do you want it? Do you want the ice cream? Just please don't hurt me. <laughs> but it is, they're very direct. Yeah, and then you is... married him. This episode ruined me. So the guys, speaking of being very direct, actually, the guy's opening, what's his name again? Ben. Ben's opening line to Carrie is rough night, which is like <laughs> quite offensive. Yeah. Um, you look like you've been dragged through a hedge, yeah. frankly. But um, she doesn't seem to mind. Um, can I just check, has that ever happened to either of you? Have you ever just other than your ice cream connection mm. have you ever got a date just mm. in yes life? and he was american <gasps> interesting yeah i was standing outside a corner shop um resting my can of gin and tonic on a bin <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um like and it was a corner shop next to the glory which is an amazing queer venue in, in east london and i was just waiting for like a friend who was 10 minutes late and he walked up to me and he was like I'm sorry, I just had to speak to you because you just look really interesting. And I was like, well, you've got me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, back in my uh, column days, I interviewed this guy who he described himself as like Hitch, but Hitch for women rather than Hitch for men. So what he would do is say there was a guy at your gym that you were really into, like he would come to your gym with you, strike up a conversation with this guy, find out if he was single, what he was like, and then sort of prep you. And some of the advice that he gave was so incredibly retro and patriarchal. You know, it was was stuff like, um, uh, you know, never wear flat shoes. Um, You know, always, (laughs) he he said to me, how much effort have you put into your career? You need to be putting equal amounts of effort into getting a man um, kind of thing and so anyway I followed some of his advice for the column and one of one of his pieces of advice was pretend to be lost um, and ask oh, wow. a guy from directions. I mean, that speaks be volumes. Yeah, be that, helpless. That is so, so funny. I went up there. Yeah, I went, there was a, a <laughs> bloke who yeah, stood outside a pub with two of his mates and I went up to him and went, excuse me, I'm just really lost. Um, and he gave me directions. I walked off and then he actually chased me down the street <sighs> to ask for my number. So it does work. It's just, it's, it's a dubious caliber of person that you will attract using the those methods, I would right. argue. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, this, very interesting. Gosh, I've learned that. If I was single, I would be putting that one to the test. I wouldn't. I would get off my fountain and, <laughs> and, 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 and go, go looking. So initially, Carrie meets Ben. Um, they they do have sex. Yeah. It's unusual for Carrie. She's quite prudish. Yeah. Um, because he's really handsome. He works for a hip political magazine. magazine. I think it's Vice. I like to think he works for Vice. Vice. Did Vice exist then? Actually, probably not, no. Probably. I was imagining like the new statesman. Yeah. But that's not American. But not turfy. Yeah, yeah, but not turfy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, and then she, Carrie has decided because this week we, we are obsessed with the notion that all men are freaks, <laughs> Carrie decides that Ben must have some secret dead wife mm. hidden under the floorboards. For some inexplicable reason Ben leaves Carrie alone in his apartment after one night together crazy and (laughs) Carrie disgraces herself by literally destroying his flat in search of his dark secret and Ben rumbles her and she just well basically she's the freak and Mm. that's the that's the reveal which is yes men have their foibles but 
doesn't everyone? Yeah. And I really liked the conclusion. Yeah. Like, mm. it's one of very a rare example where I've been, like, happy with the conclusion. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. want to talk about how Carrie's meter stick for finding love is the world's fattest twins <laughs> from a, which was so yeah, yeah, yeah. shaming that was like, a woke Charlotte moment I mean for yeah. God's sake so like her actual monologue says I figure if the world's fattest twins can find love there's so hope for all of us <laughs> and I was like maybe Carrie the world's fattest twins didn't break into a man's flat and rummage <laughs> you know just you know this is ridiculous. Um, but and yeah. also that they they managed to get skinny wives, which is apparently I mean, how did they do, how did they do that? Of their of irresistible. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's horrible. That bit. Um, but aside from that, <laughs> I did love about how you know it's about we're all freaks. It's about finding the freak that compliments you. It's about finding yeah. your little freak. Yeah. You know, what's that film that has Will Smith in it and it's about zombies and he's the last human alive on Earth? I Am Legend. I Am Legend, right. <laughs> so, you know, that's based on a book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I haven't read the book, no. but um, a friend of mine who has told me that in the book ending, it turns out that the reason that the zombies keep coming for him is because he's experimenting on their mates in his lab and they're just trying to get their zombie friends back. So he's the monster. Oh. And that, and so it's a really clever, like, carries the freak. That's mm. a literary yeah. device. I, I appreciate it. Maybe I like that Carrie's flaw that she finds is just like, oh, I've got this scar on my knee. I know. <laughs> it's like... a really cute flaw. <laughs> Isn't it? And then, and she calls his Tweety by tattoo adorable. It's not. Yeah. It's really not, is it? And then she says something like, so I slept with the tattooed man. It's like, is he tattooed? <laughs> yeah. Like a Tweety by tattoo? I mean, no. If you say a tattooed man <laughs> you think to me, I think. Heavily. Yes. Jason Momoa. Yes. Or even more so than that. Like, yeah. And let's all take a while to contemplate <laughs> just that. I mean, think, yeah. Spend some time now just thinking about Jason Momoa, who never appears in Sex and the City. Sadly. <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> Uh, Carrie is just the worst in this episode. Like, <laughs> apart from anything else, she's smoking all over his stuff, like, mm. all in his wardrobe. I had that as well. Did he give her permission to smoke in his apartment? <sighs> also, like when she, I noticed that too. And when she like looks up, I'm like, "Where's the cigarette?" Like, yeah, I know. She's dropped it. It's it, like in the bed. She's on his bed. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ransacking of apartments that go. Like Miranda did it in she series did, one yeah. with that poor guy who was into spanking. Mm. Do we? I mean, I've totally done it before, not mm. to that level. But if you're left, like I've had a little look when yes. I've been left. I I would. I, I mean, I have been left at a person's house before, where say they've gone to work and yeah. gone, you know, let yourself out. I would look at anything that was there for me to see uh-huh. but I wouldn't go rooting through people's drawers and cupboards and stuff. To be fair, I haven't. I haven't done drawers and cupboards. I have done bathroom cabinet. Have you? Mm. You can tell a lot about someone mm. by their Yeah, but that's cabinet. arguably more intimate even. Mm. Than, so that's probably out of order. It's funny because I, w- I would like to say that I've, I'm above that, but there have <laughs> been times in the past where I have literally rifled through underwear drawers. But in each of those cases, that man was cheating on me. So, and, so I think... And I think this is also true of trying to go through people's phones and computers. If there is something in your gut telling you to go through their things, address that feeling. Mm. Don't act on it. Yes. But have the conversation and say to them, I don't know what this is, but I'm not quite trusting you. I dated a girl once who literally had 
you know, like the den of iniquity, but it was a whole basement. Oh, wow. So I'd, wow. Been, to, I'd been to a house several times and we'd never been down in the basement. And I'd, all, I'd kind of joked about like, are you hiding bodies down there or something? And then one day she showed me and she had like a porn dungeon with just loads and loads of strap-ons. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Who can afford that in London? <laughs> <laughs> just who has that space? So in the episode, Miranda agrees to go on a date with Ben's pal, who is this nocturnal vampire creature who doesn't leave Manhattan. Sexy. Kind of sexy in a yeah. dark, doesn't see a lot of sunlight. Yeah. Sexy in a sort of, I kind of want to slap him. Yeah, but way. like 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 he's bad news. Yeah, he's yeah. got this, he's got a really smirky face. Yeah, like grinning. And I wonder if that's just his face or whether that's the character. <laughs> and until, until I lived in London, I didn't think such a species could exist. Um, but actually, no, no. Good and then God. you met me. Well, not met Dylan, <laughs> but when I moved back to Brighton, all of a sudden getting anyone to leave the confines of central London. Like, why don't you come to Brighton for the weekend? Yeah. Oh, I can't. Why? Because there's, you know, oh, there's something happening in Shoreditch or, you know, <laughs> the, the Victoria line's down. Mm. And just, oh, I just, I couldn't possibly. Do you know what? Didn't. To be fair, I used to be the London guy a lot more than I am now. Mm. You're not the worst offender by I'm, a long Yeah, I'm, I can imagine. I think I've got, I've lived here for 10 years now. And it's got to the point where it's actually quite nice to get out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I do understand it because London is like a different country in a Mm. lot of ways. And it does have everything you need. He's right. Everything you need is on the island of Manhattan. What I think would be interesting now, and my God, we'll get to this later when Miranda has to be dragged kicking and screaming to Brooklyn. Because I got my first education about New York from Sex and the City, I imagined that Brooklyn was very, very far away. It's from not even Manhattan. that far. It's literally three tube stops. It's like mm. Peckham. It's yeah. like it's not it's part of New like it's not. And and so actually <laughs> so possibly the fact that he doesn't leave a very small patch of New York is is quite concerning. But um yeah, no, it, it's it's I do know that I certainly judge people and it's a certain type of person who says this and I'll leave that to you guys' imaginations and the listeners. Really judge people who are like, oh, I hate South London or like, oh, I really hate Mm. Brixton. And it's like, why? Why do you hate Brixton? That's Um, a North London thing that happens because a lot of people who live in North London consider that to be the real London and that South was an add-on. It's such a bad look. There's a lot of North of the River (laughs) snobbery. I haven't counted it yet. Yeah. In conclusion, do yeah. we think all men are freaks? Let's attempt to answer Carrie's question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we all have some propensity for freakishness. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, how, I guess, how we define freakishness. All men, women, and non-binary individuals are freaks. Because I really like, <laughs> I like that the guy, the guy who wanted to watch me do a poo, he later went on and found a partner. And I'm guessing... His partner was into it as well. And I think that proves Carrie's point, which is it's not about who's freaky or not. It's about who is compatible with you. And I'm really weird. Max is really weird. Thankfully, our weirdness seems to mesh. <laughs> oh, do you know, if the world's fattest twins can find <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Natasha. Thank you so much for yeah. coming to Thank see you us. Thank you for having me. 
please, you are welcome to come back any yeah, time oh, you yeah. like. <laughs> thank you so much. Where can people find you online? Um, so I'm on Twitter and Instagram, but not Facebook because it's too annoying. And I'm um, <laughs> underscore Natasha Devon on both of those. You can't see, but I just did an underscore in mime, in, as, yeah. as I was saying <laughs> that. Um, and you can find out more about my campaign work um, at natashadevon.com. What have you got coming up? This is your plugging opportunity. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I've got a book coming out in April <gasps> yes. um, called Yes, You Can, Asia Exams Without Losing Your Mind. And it's for GCSE and A-level students. And it's all about study skills that make you smarter, but also nurture your mental health. And that's amazing. I remember yeah. my A-levels being like one of the hardest times mm. of my life, frankly. So that's great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and you can find Dylan and I online at at Sigurd Podcast, S-I-G-T-T Podcast yeah. on Twitter and Instagram. And next week we have another special guest. Who have we got? Tom Rasmussen. Diary of, of a Drag Queen. Diary of a Drag Queen. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so cool. we'll be seeing them next week. It's a good one next week. We've got season two, episode four. They shoot single people, don't they? Single and fabulous question mark. Oh, yeah. That's right. Bradley Cooper in one of his first TV roles. That's the one. It's going to be wild. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.